God, God the Father's heart is, is expressed in him wanting to create a family. The, the Father heart of God is, is both an individual thing that we come to know and enjoy intimacy with God through the finished work of Jesus. Because Jesus came to make a way to the Father. Jesus on the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus made a way for people to be reconciled to the Father. And Jesus did that through his life and through his death and through his resurrection. So that everything that stood against us coming home to the Father was paid for by Jesus' death and then he was resurrected so that we could come home and all the things that we've done wrong, whether it's in thought, in attitude, in the things we wish we'd done, we didn't do, and the things we have done, we wish we hadn't got all dealt with at the cross so that we could be washed clean and be brought home and be reconnected to a really, really good father. And that happens as a, a, a one-on-one thing and everybody's story is going to be unique and different about how the Holy Spirit revealed Jesus to you, how you came to Jesus and how you encountered the Father. And so God wants to reconnect us so we experience the goodness and the love of the Father. But the Father heart of God is also expressed in that he wanted to create a family, that he didn't just want to have lots of individual children who were once orphans being reconnected to him, He wanted to reconnect us to brothers and sisters into a family. So the overflow of the heart of God, the Father heart message of God is he wants to create a family. And we call that the church, Ecclesia, the called out ones. (laughs) People who were once in darkness who get called out and being added to his family. Those who once belonged to another kingdom, to a kingdom of darkness who get called out and added to a family. Those who once walked in opposition to God get won by the love of God and brought into a new family, a new community, where they go on a journey with one another. See, God's heart is, when he sees the world, and he sees the brokenness of the world, his heart is that men and women get healed up and that the wounds that people have suffered in their hearts because of maybe rejection, because of oppression, because of just living as orphans on an orphan planet. Orphans who have to fight for everything. Orphans who feel there's never enough to go around. Orphans who feel unloved, unworthy, unacceptable. And he wants to heal men and women up. He wants to set people free from the lies that we've believed about ourselves and the lies that we've believed about other people and the lies that we've believed about our circumstances and different things that impact us. He wants us to be free. And that freedom comes through individual encounters with the Father, where he sets us free. But he also sets us free powerfully, person to person. That he sets us free in the context of being added to a family. It's actually as we learn to walk in a family, and we learn to walk deeply with brothers and sisters who are also learning to walk, that we find out and we grow and we mature. Because if you look at the fruit of the Spirit, say love and faithfulness and patience, 
Actually, I might be a rock star in the areas of the fruit of the Spirit if I'm always on my own. I'm the most patient person when, I'm, when it's just me. <laughs> actually, I'm not that patient <laughs> with myself. But you can think, actually, I'm the most loving person. I'm the most faithful person. I'm the most joyful person. It's actually only tested when you start to work that out with other people. <laughs> That's where we find out where we're at and we find out what we're really like. It's in community, isn't it? It's in family. It's in walking this out with brothers and sisters. And the church is the most unique place on the planet. There isn't another place like the church. There are lots of clubs in the earth. There are football clubs where guys all come together and on a Saturday afternoon, 14 of them will play football together. But their only connection really is they like football and they probably like beer. Um, it's not going to go much deeper than that. There are clubs around films, there are clubs around books, there are clubs of people who like walking together, and their only common connection is we like walking, we like hiking, we like the countryside. The church is the most unique place on earth because we're diverse and we're different and we're from uh, loads of different backgrounds, nations and cultures, and our, our connection is we've all been loved by an amazing father. That we've all been given a new heart, mind, a new nature by an amazing gospel. And we're all learning to explore that freedom together. And I think that's where maturity happens, person to person. That God's heart for each of us is this. That the strongholds, the wounds that we've believed, the lies that we've believed, get healed up. And freedom comes to each of us in the context of community, not just so that we're free, so that we become people who bring freedom. So that we, in community, grow in freedom to bring freedom. That God says that we might become oaks of righteousness. That those who are um, coming into the kingdom might feel like I'm a broken down wall. And then in community, that wall gets repaired and built up and re-established so that that person can become a repairer of walls and someone who is being repaired so that they can prepare. That's God's calling on you, that you're to know who you are, you're to work, you're to come into the freedom that Christ has bought for you so that you know that you're a son and daughter of the king, so you know you're part of a royal priesthood, so you know your identity, you know your freedom, you know your place in the body, not just so that we can celebrate our freedom, so that we can bring freedom to other people. And that's what God's doing in the church. That someone can come in from brokenness, come and meet Jesus, get put back together by the love of God in a loving community, so that they in turn become those who bring freedom to other people and bring life to the community that they're in. And that's the call of God on us. In order for us to be able to grow in freedom in the context of person to person, the church has to become an increasingly safe place to be. That in order for us to be repaired and prepared and wounds to get healed and lies that we believe to get exposed and truth to fall into our hearts that we're believing truth, in order for us to be set free and setting other people free, the church has to be a safe place. 
Because it's true that when we don't feel safe with one another, am I the only person who ever feel you feel a bit stressed, a bit uptight when you don't feel safe? You know, you walk into an environment and you're not really feeling it's very safe for you, that you're a bit timid, a bit more stressed, a bit more anxious, and that when you don't feel safe, you you just don't want to show who you really are, and you don't want anybody to see that you're weak when you don't feel safe, and the issues that we feel... And the, and, the, and the areas of rejection, of control, of striving, of performance, of just feeling alone, all those things get buried alive in us. And then we just walk around with a, with a mask. And people might ask us, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing okay, is the English thing to say, isn't it? I'm doing okay. But I'm not going to let you in to see that I'm actually dying inside and weak. Because actually, I don't feel this is a safe place. I heard someone quote that Christians only trust people, what Christians only trust other Christians they don't know very well. That, that I'll trust you, but if I get near you and I find out you're weak, I don't want to trust you. It's a scary thing, and then you find the Sunday mask, the Sunday best, saying the right thing. But you want to be part of a community, you want to build a community where actually it is okay not to be okay. That it is okay to say I'm struggling. That it's actually okay to be in a group and not just give the right answer. Mm-hmm. That it's okay not to give the same answer to every question. Whatever they say, whatever they ask, the answer is Jesus. Mm-hmm. The answer is Jesus. The answer is Jesus. <laughs> But actually you're dying inside and you can't connect with that truth. And you just want to say, I don't believe it. I'm struggling with unbelief. I'm full of doubt. I don't know what to do with that. And we know that God's added us to a family so that we can be repaired. And so the only way that can work is if we're increasingly feeling that this is becoming a safe place. Because... Individualism, which is just me and God, is the easiest choice that we can all make, isn't it? It's just me and God. All is well with my soul. It's just me and God. I'm doing okay. I'm not letting anybody else in. I'm not going to let anybody else know that I'm dying, that stuff is buried alive in my heart because it's just me and God. It's wonderful to know that that's God's heart is, I want you added into a community where you can be honest and authentic. This is the challenge. Family is messy. I think we choose individualism because family is a really messy place to be. It's a healthy sign in the church to hear the cry of a baby. Yeah. It's healthy. The gospel is for all generations. Amen. And Jesus is still relevant. And babies tell us that.
So family's messy. Because if you stop being authentic and real, and the masks start dropping, so that actually we're not hiding the broken spots anymore, and we're not burying alive the things that we feel, sometimes when we get knocked by somebody, what's in the heart comes out of the mouth and comes out in our attitudes. And it's their messy. Because suddenly we realise, I'm not perfect, and no one else is perfect. So family is messy. Family doesn't necessarily bear fruits immediately. So when you say, I'm going to commit myself to both Jesus and his church, and walking deeply with one another, sometimes at the beginning it's really, really painful. Because sometimes the things that are around us can provoke our stuff that's within us. And we think, oh, I'd prefer to go back to being just me and God. That felt safe. I was doing really, really well in the fruits of the Spirit when I didn't have anybody around me. Now there's all these people who are knocking me their stuff and I'm provoked. It was always easy not to feel rejected when I just had me and him. But now I've got to work through what does that feel like when that person, they didn't say hello or they didn't do this. I feel rejected, but I know they didn't reject me because I know their heart. So actually what's happening is in community, a broken spot is being exposed and I need healing on that. And I've got to bring that out into a context where brothers and sisters know me and say, I'm broken inside. I think when this happened, I feel rejected. And maybe they did reject you and you didn't imagine it, but you're still called to be free and not controlled by other people's stuff. And that's hard in family. And so fruit doesn't necessarily grow immediately or quickly. But for those who have said, I I'm choosing to both honour the Father and honour the Father's heart to be part of a family, they do grow. And you see people who, years and years later, have given themselves, whether we call it covenant or promise or the desire to walk deeply and be known by others, you see them years later, they've grown in maturity, they've grown in stature, they've grown in the fruit of the Spirit. It's being outworked in reality. See, God's heart is, it doesn't matter how great our encounter is with him and how great our revelation is with him, it has to be earthed somewhere in relationship with people. If it's just me and God, we had this great revelation, they were, the Holy Spirit was there and there were angels everywhere and I just encountered his love and I encountered his goodness and I encountered the truth of the Bible, but then it's not outworked in community. You have to say... That's sounding a little bit like a clanging gong. Because <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13 says it's about love. Love endures. Love is patient. Love overlooks an offence. How do I ever grow in overlooking an offence if I'm not in relationship with anybody? The only person I can overlook an offence is myself. <laughs> we need to be in community. Cultivating safety takes sacrifice and often costs us. Do you think there's a dying of de- a death to be part of a local church? Sometimes in our world, in church world, we, we're trying to attract people and say we put on the best programs and we're putting on the best this and the best that for your kids. Please come, please come. 
what we're saying is, if, if you want to be part of this, you're going to have to die. It, it takes a death to say, I'm going to walk deeply with people. It's not very attractive. <laughs> Sometimes they say in America, they attract people by saying, make sure you build a basketball court, or you build this, or you build that, or you build this, or you do this. And I think, I'm not against programs, and I'm not against great provision for every generation. Oh God, give us that, and as it is happening already, give us it in increasing measure. There's something wonderful about great, excellent provision all around. But to be a safe place, to be a community that walks deeply with one another, that sees the broken walls get repaired, so they become repairers of walls, takes men and women who say, I'm dying to myself. I'm going to die to that. And I'm going to walk deeply with other people. And I want to just talk briefly, just at the end of then, how do we ourselves find a safe place? Because it's not just about gritting your teeth and saying, I'm just going to die. It has to become a safe place that's within our own hearts. And how do you feel, come to feel safe? Because actually, if you're going to be able to be authentic, and the mask comes down, and you're going to be real with one another, and you're going to forgive one another, and overlook offences, and sometimes in life that you might get provoked and the brokenness inside you just comes out and you think, I didn't know there was that much anger in me, that much frustration in me, something has been provoked by this environment. And then in humility, you have to then clean up the mess that you made and apologise and make restitution. And then there's forgiveness, say, I understand, I'm going to forgive you for that offence. And that person with all humility tries, seeks to clean up and, and say, I'm sorry, I want to deal with that brokenness that got provoked, I felt rejected, it came from here but it got expressed here, I'm cleaning that up. How do we create that kind of atmosphere, that kind of environment of authenticity? First thing is, freedom and safety is only found in a revelation of the goodness of God and the security that comes in how he sees us. One great verse here, there's tons of them. Isaiah 54, verse 10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed. Mountains and hills in the Bible really mean the strong places. It's where often there's the strong places and it's saying really even if everything that seems to be permanent and strong and immovable and consistent and unchanging even if all of that changes in my world and everything gets rattled and even if the mountains get shaken and the hills be removed God is saying even if you're in that situation now where everything you've come to trust and understand and rely upon gets budged and shaken God says yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken Suddenly you're starting getting a safe place in your heart. If everything around me is moving, God is saying, my love for you will not be shaken. My covenant of peace will not be removed from you, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. One way to be able to function in safety is to be absolutely 100% consistently assured of God's attitude towards you. 
part of the reason we wear a mask and we pretend with one another is that deep down many Christians are feeling insecure with what God's attitude is for them. Internally we're not sure, does he love us? Is he for us? Will he remove his love? Will he remove his peace? If I perform really well, does he love me? If I fail, does his love get removed? I'm performing with him and now I'm performing with everyone else. And that's what happens, we're not assured deeply in our heart of what the gospel of Jesus Christ has actually established in the believer's heart. So we have performance with him and performance with one another. The foundation of authenticity, of the mask being removed, of finding a safe place with one another is I know who I am in Jesus Christ. I know what he's achieved. And we're all on that journey of becoming fully persuaded and fully convinced that Jesus Christ really is as good as he says he is. That really, even if everything around me gets shaken, and I'm not doing that well, and and I've failed, and maybe the mountains are shaken and the hills are removed because I failed and I messed up and I got it wrong, God's saying, yeah, my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. That's what Jesus did on the cross. When Jesus says, it is finished, he meant everything necessary to pay the debt for sin was once and for all fully paid for all time. And now I don't have to perform to him to try and win his favour. I've been brought into a place of favour through the finished work of Jesus Christ. And the Father ratifies and stamps his approval on the cross through the resurrection. He says the sinless one died in sinners' places. Because if Jesus was a sinner, he would have remained in the ground because the wages of sin is death. But because he had no wage, no debt to pay for himself, he's resurrected as a father's approval saying, what he did, I'm demonstrating to the world, through the resurrection, I'm satisfied with the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so it's for freedom you have been set free, so stand firm in your freedom. I don't have to perform for favour. I don't have to perform for love. I don't have to perform for acceptance. I don't have to perform for forgiveness. I don't have to perform for mercy, compassion or grace or his goodness. He is for the believer 100% and nothing, 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 nothing can shake that. Ever. And so if I'm convinced that he loves me and he's for me... And he's fearfully and wonderfully made me, and he finds pleasure in me, and likes me, and enjoys who I am, and doesn't enjoy just the idea that a better me is on the way, but enjoys me now, suddenly I've got a safe place in my heart where I can say, I'm going to be who I am, and I'm going to not wear a mask, and I know I'm not perfect, And where those broken spots come out, I'm just going to clean up my mess in all humility and work it through in love with one another. That's part of the safe place. Mm. The closer you get to God, the closer you get to freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. The closer you get to him, the closer you get to freedom. And you say, but what about my skeletons in the closet? Well, he's in the closet with them. You don't have any. 
None at all. He knows about them. Sometimes he just needs you to talk to him about them and get it dealt with. And repent about them maybe. Change your mind about them. Bring them out in the open. Bring them out with someone else. Because actually when we confess our sins to one another, freedom comes. Bringing it out into the light sets us free. So many believers are trapped in imprisonment because they feel that they can't be real with anybody because they might be rejected. We're, we're under construction of a safe place. That's what we're building here. It's a little like you looked at Tesco through the, through the, the, the little bit when they were building in Woolwich. And you could see the picture and you could see the apartments and you could see the building and you could see the promise of the Europe's biggest Tesco's. But when you looked in, it was all it was was diggers moving dirt and, and, and people drilling down and it didn't look impressive and it didn't look great. And then suddenly the dream, the architectural drawing is then reality and you're in there in Costa Coffee, you're in there in Subway, you're in this place and people are living in these apartments. A lot of what we're longing for and building is under construction. But we're convinced that the only way believers can grow in maturity and impact a whole community is that the church is a safe place where people are walking in freedom. Because love casts out fear. When you get to love, love casts out fear. Love is stronger than fear. Love is stronger than fear. You have to make a decision of what's going to live in your heart. Because fear and love won't stay together. They won't won't habitat the same space. So you've got to choose. Who's getting kicked out? Is it fear or is it love? Because when I get near to him, what he's pulling down is love, acceptance, mercy, compassion. See, when it's safe to be yourself... It's safe to build deep connections with one another. And when a whole community is living in this, person after person after person after person is being added into a community that's saying, we're building a safe place. There's huge power in that. Expectation and hope begins to grow. Dreams get birthed. Risk and faith becomes really natural and really easy. You know, one of the reasons we struggle to step out in faith uh, and be prophetic and, and, and bring what's on our heart from God or words of knowledge is that we're scared of failure. We're scared of getting it wrong. We're scared of looking like a fool. We're scared of being exposed as, as weak. But actually, when we just know, actually, in all my weakness, I'm loved. I'm just going to have a go. And we just say, I think God might be saying. And if the person turns around and says, that's a load of cheese, you ate too much yoghurt last night, you're dreaming, we're, we're not rejected. Because we know we're accepted with him. We say, Papa, I got that wrong. <laughs> I heard wrong. It doesn't matter, because I took a step of faith and I took a step of risk. And now I'm going to do it again and again and again. Rejection gets broken, striving gets broken, performance gets broken, comparison gets broken in a safe place. You and me will bloom in a safe place. Safety causes people to bloom. 
safety, rest, <coughs> celebrating one another, seeing the gold in one another, celebrating people's calling, gifting, differences. Just knowing that we're not orphans and there's only a limited amount to go around. Just knowing he's the God of abundance. <coughs> just knowing that when one brother or sister begins to really make huge progress in some spiritual area, it's not that the kingdom has diminished and has less. There's abundance. It's like we have a joke in our family, Fleur has unlimited texts. And we joke and say, since you've got unlimited texts, how many texts do you now have left? It's unlimited. That's the way the kingdom is. And so when one brother or sister is, is blooming in their calling and ministry, and you're, and you're waiting for what God's got for you to bloom, there's no comparison and there's no competition because their blooming and their success has not diminished the kingdom of God at all. Because we live in a kingdom of unlimited text. It doesn't diminish. There's more than enough grace. There's more than enough of his goodness. I'm just going to invite us to stand and uh, I just want to urge you and encourage you. Allow God to develop a huge, passionate vision for his church, the family. Read about it. Read about his high calling on the church. How the church is the display of the manifold wisdom of God to principalities and powers right now. That principalities and powers, rulers, are looking in on the church as the manifold wisdom of God, of what Jesus Christ has achieved, gets broadcast around. Yeah. Encourage you to give yourself to the most amazing, glorious, wonderful adventure that you could ever have in the world. Yeah, it costs. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a dying to self. Yeah, there's an overcoming our individualism and our performance and we have to be vulnerable. But over time, it will be the way that you grow in maturity and you grow in Christ-likeness and you grow in all that God has got for you. As you give yourself. And so I'm giving myself to a local church. It might not be this local church. But when you find that local church. And you say God has knitted me here. Give yourself 100% to that community. Or this community. And say I'm giving myself to these brothers and sisters. I'm going to walk deeply. I'm going to learn how to grow in safety. So the masks that I've worn can begin to slowly drop as I feel secure and at peace. I'm going to give myself to understanding the gospel and believe the gospel and believe the acceptance of God. I'm going to build deep connections with the Father that allows me to build deep connections with one another. And at times we have to die to ourselves and say, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to clean up my mess. Yeah, Jesus, I want to thank you for the glory of the church. Mm. I want to thank you that we are the hope of the world. Yeah. The local church. We just want to thank you for what you're doing in local churches. Mm. I want to pray for my friend Jonathan and Louise. Who today have, have become the, the, the vicar of, of Church of the Cross in Thamesmead. Mm. 
And Jesus, we just want to pray for them to say, bless Thames Mead through Church of the Cross. Bless that community. Bless those people who have gathered today. Bless them. Their salvation and goodness and healing break over Thames Mead in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for St. John's up the road and and fear. We pray, bless him. Bless that local church. Let them be a, a great blessing to that estate that yeah. they're placed yeah. in. Bless Wes at the slave. Mm, right. yes, Bless Lord. him in his ministry. Mm. Bless him in his desire to see men and women saved and brought into community. Bless Wes. Bless Chris in that Jesus. We pray for the Harrier All Saints on Herbert Road. We bless him. Mm. Bless mm. the church there and the ministry Jesus. of the gospel yeah. in you. Jesus' name. Bless all the local churches. Bless mm. New Wine. Bless New wine, bless the tabernacle as well. Bless uh, Apostle Alfred as he wants to impact this area. Bless them in their social action, their love of the poor. Bless the area through new wine. Bless them through Apostle Alfred in his work there. We pray that, Jesus. For all the churches that meet along Plumstead High Street, we say blessing on you, Mm. grace on you, great fruitfulness and growth and salvation in Jesus' name. We pray that right across Woolwich, into Mm. Plumstead, into Abbey Wood, for John in in Bexley Heath, God, and uh, Bexley Community Church, we bless him, God, and we say bless him, God, grow him and grow his church, and we ask you that this area would just rise up as, as Christians would bring the good news to this area. And we just say over ourselves, God, there's enough there's enough glory and strength and calling in this room to transform the whole of this area. Yeah. Jesus started with twelve, he then increased that. But really it was about about 120 who gathered into that room and the Holy Spirit came and made them witnesses. There's enough in you and me if we if we Ask God, cause us to be believing believers that actually believe. <laughs> and that yeah. God, we would take you at your word and we would believe you. Yeah. And that we would take the good news of the gospel wherever we are yeah. and wherever we go. Can I ask you to sit quickly? I just want to say one thing because we want to just, um, just be really practical because you might be thinking, how does this get out work? We recognize that to build depth and to build connection and to cause and help people to build. Um, deeply with one another and for masks to come off that it's not going to be possible for that to be in a community even this size that we can't know everybody deeply and we can't be vulnerable with everybody but we can be vulnerable maybe and we can walk deeply and we can serve one another in groups of about 8 or 10 and we really feel that one of the things God has said to us is um, you need to make sure you're establishing smaller communities that can love one another grow together encourage one another and help people walk in gifting and calling and anointing to serve one another and to grow. And that's a real area where, where, where God says you've got to get strong in that. You, you, you need to see that in place. That's part of our year of wanting to look at family. So we want to establish, beginning in 2015 January, small groups of people where people can come together, grow in the prophetic, encounter the presence of God, engage with the Holy Spirit, be transformed together, walk deeply with one another, encourage one another to take risk and faith and honour one another and celebrate one another. And that's going to be a key thing for us in 2015. So 
That's an outworking. So if you think, actually, I want that. I want to I give myself to both the gathering on a Sunday, but also I want to give myself to community midweek. We've got some things to maybe um, to, to put your name down and say, yeah, I want to I be contacted about that. And you'll be, by maybe group leaders being raised up, and they'll come and ask you as well. So let's do it both ways, like a pincer movement. They'll come after you as well. It's like, come part, be part of this community. It's going to be great. And as well, you might want to say, I want to put my hand up and put my name down and say, when these kick off, count me in. Mm. I want to work this out. So that's 2015. I do really believe that's one of the, it's a key thing for us. And I think it's a key thing for us because I think what Jesus is saying, I just want to, I want to tweak you here because to walk deeply, you're going to need some little wine skins where people can start working this thing out together in community. So that's in um, 2015.